Is Canada ready for a Conservative Party? A proposal to rebrand conservatism as the party of privacy rights. Narrator Jenny Lynn Conservatives have suffered in Canada from a lack of leadership. However, this is less due to a lack of leaders, but a failure of conservatism to fashion a conservative image. Conservatism needs a rebranding. You may believe conservatism has a good image. You may feel it even has a strong image. Conservatives are considered the party of the family, of law and order, and so on. These are good things, but they do not actually invoke a strong image. In this day and age when the family image is under review, and police are attacked as irrelevant or dangerous, when law and order itself is thought racist, how can the party and its leader project a strong conservative image? The few men who have projected a strong conservative image were ripped apart by feminists. Women are the masters of character assassination. Strong conservative leaders have exposed themselves to a perfect storm of anti-male feminism. The Reform Party springs to mind. Maxime Bernier is a strong conservative voice, but his image does not resonate with the base. Traditional conservatism is too easily morphed into paternalism and patriarchy by liberal feminists. The war between the parties is at root a war between the sexes. The advantage of liberals is that the character assassination of feminist liberals is aligned with the power of social media. To demonize and cancel is a feminist strategy perfectly suited to a culture dominated by social media posts. Conservatism is rendered incoherent without a progressive liberal to contrast itself with. The term conservatives used to define their movement suggests reactionism. To be a conservative is to be a tepid liberal. Conservatism creates a mental picture of a party in opposition. A conservative is a person hanging on to the coattails of a liberal party, trying desperately to hold them back from plunging off a cliff of debt and sexual libertinism. But many people want governments to spend money, and they are attracted to sexual freedom. Conservatives support limited government, the rule of law, peace through strength, fiscal responsibility, free markets, and human dignity. These are not radical ideas. But the real power of conservatism is thought to reside in its defense of the traditional values of marriage, family, religion, and fiscal responsibility. These values were attached to Christianity, but conservatives have made them a political issue in an effort to be more inclusive. These are worthy values, but they do not produce a strong identity. Trump was the master of the strong identity. He always makes things clear. In him was no duplicity. But conservatives always appear to be hedging their bets. The fear is that a strong conservatism is too radical and too far right to be popular. Which brings us to the main issue conservatives have. 
When an identity is largely defined by what one is opposed to, one has assumed a defensive position. Defense is never a good strategy to adopt unless one is losing the war. You cannot win a defensive war. Andrew Lawton remarked in a recent video, if conservatives accept liberalism is the standard, conservatives must explain why they dispute its policies. When progressive freedom is accepted as the standard, liberals are given a free pass into the leadership position. Liberals have co-opted the freedom wagon. To be liberal is to be free. This is the image these words evoke in our minds. The media holds conservatives to task for not wanting freedom to the degree liberals do. The Liberal Party is the standard. Conservative thought is measured against the liberal standard. The need for conservatives to rebrand ought to be obvious. Conservatives cannot claim to be for freedom when the conservative platform is usually viewed as an attempt to claw back liberal reforms. We cannot try and present a pro-freedom image while promoting policies of fiscal austerity. Conservatives are sending our mixed messages. It is not politically coherent to say we are for freedom so long as freedom goes only so far. Freedom is unbounded and to try and ride the liberal horse while pulling on the reins is to go off message and be branded not only a hypocrite but a source of confused policy. Perhaps because conservatives have become caught up in the liberal narrative, we have not looked closely at the identity of the wagon the liberal horse is hitched to. Freedom as we know, is unbounded. If we were to let loose the Kraken, its name would be Freedom. 90% of conservative policy is enacted to patch up the damage done by unfettered freedom. What is crime but freedom manifest? What are laws but an attempt to reign in freedom? Do we have or want freedom in accounting, or freedom in medicine, freedom in science, freedom in the military or freedom in academia? There is no freedom in mathematics or in spelling or in the answers to history lessons. Why do we get caught up in the liberal vision of a freedom that has no clear definition? Politics is a struggle against political barriers to freedom without knowing what lays beyond the walls. A few cautionary voices call for duty to be considered. But duty has no romance poet extolling its virtue. There is no willing to die in the service of duty. Many have died holding high the banner of freedom. Tyranny rests on foundations built by those opposed to tyranny. Slavery was both defended and opposed because of the rights of freemen. The conservative platform is just another voice in a cacophony of criminals, jurists, politicians, business people and sexual libertines, all calling for more freedom. The call is echoed by the middle class, wanting fewer taxes, and the poor, wanting more spending. Everyone wants freedom, so long as the cost is shifted elsewhere. Conservatism is a voice against debt and a call for the accountability that cash-based accounting provides. If we are for freedom at all it is freedom from debt, 
it is the freedom of those with no liabilities. Liabilities are claims on property. The only freedom we have is private ownership. Freedom needs to be understood as ownership free from state regulation. Taxation is possible only when private ownership is contingent on the permission of the state. We either own what we create, or we do not. Claiming private ownership exists when one has to get a license from the state laying out what one owns and what one can do with this is tantamount to communism. Private ownership under license is akin to holding a position in a corporation. One may be in charge of a department, or indeed, the entire corporation, but this position is held only with the blessing of the real owners. Conservatives must rebrand themselves as the party of privacy. Debt compromises privacy because it permits access to one's business. Even free speech is not so much about the freedom of the speech, but the right to have one's speech treated as something private. Conversations ought to be accessed, with permission only. Taxation, regulation and most of the liberal agenda is ultimately an attack on privacy. Freedom of religion is the right to have one's religion treated as a private matter between God and man, free of the intervention and regulatory activities of the state. Freedom as desirable as it may appear, at first, is not a first-order principle. We may all want freedom, but at some point, if we have matured, we understand that duty calls. We have to live in a way that is somewhat predictable. Free speech, the freedom of assembly, and the freedom of movement gives way to the realization that we must live together. We still desire freedom from government and impositions on our freedom, but what is more important, even if it is not articulated in a concise way, is privacy. We want to be able to speak freely, not on a megaphone, but in private. We want our speech to be protected from censorship, not so much in its volume and language, but in its narration. We want the freedom to communicate without oversight and censorship. We want to move around and associate privately without passports, checkpoints, and other forms of surveillance. We want privacy. We want freedom from those whom we have not invited into our space. Freedom is the existence of a private space. It is not a desire to be God and occupy all Tim and space. It is an area that is sacred to us. Conservatives require a privacy court, or court of privacy, that mediates privacy concerns. The axiom or prime directive of the court is the right to privacy. We must be free to speak and associate and travel without surveillance, censorship or monitoring. No one has the right or authority to invade our personal space. The only just cause for the court to intervene is when we invade the space of others or they have invade our space. We may not go into the space belonging to others, nor do they have a right to invade a space allocated to us. Invasion is met by caution. We advise intruders that this is a private space. 
If this is not sufficient to solve the problem, we invite one or two others to adjudicate and mediate the issue. If this does not solve the problem, then a community of peers is contravened and the problem is laid out for their decision. Invaders are levied a fee for the costs of their intrusion or ostracized from the wider sphere of privacy. These privacy spheres are individual, small groups including the family, networks including a neighborhood, community which is a local political jurisdiction such as a town, and the larger political jurisdictions of sectors, provinces or state and the nation. An individual or jurisdictional administrator can bring charges against any individual infringing the privacy of others.